0: I genuinely believe that at the core of everything that we do, the most important thing is to know why you're doing something Yes. and how you want to touch people with it, why you need to say it, like why is now the time that you have to say it. And the more we can tune into that, the more like our stories are going to matter and mean something and say something.
1: Welcome to A Guest a podcast where we amplify the empowering voices and inspiring journeys of trailblazing Latinas who are living their professional dreams, creating a positive impact in our comunidades, and opening the doors for the next Latinx generation. I'm your host Brenda Hernandez-Caimes, Podcast Manager, Founder of A.S. Media, and Storyteller at Heart. I elevate the diverse voices of talented Latinas to inspire you, To continue paving your path as a Latina creative, professional, creator, or business owner, join me every two weeks as we share vulnerable, honest, and empathetic conversations so you can amplify your voice while pursuing your definition of success, while making a positive change. This is Ellas. Hola, welcome back to Ellas. I'm your host, Brenda hernandez Jaimez. And muchísimas gracias for listening once again to an inspiring conversation with an empowering Latina. For episode 73, I have the honor of presenting my guest, Aiko Hilkinger. Aiko Hilkinger is a queer award-winning screenwriter of color from Colombia. Her fantasy animated pilots have placed in numerous contests. Most notably, she won the 2022 Wii Screenplay TV Contest and was named one of network AISA's top 25 screenwriters to watch in 2021. Through her love of all things media, Hilkinger also works as a freelance writer for Remezcla, where she writes about her intersectional experience as an Asian and Latinx woman. She also manages her own film account, Film Babes, which the podcast is coming very soon and runs the Pride Screenwriter Collective, a community for LGBTQIA screenwriters. Please welcome Aiko Hilkinger.
0: Hola Aiko. Hi everybody. Oh my God. I'm so excited I'm so excited to be here thank you for having me of course thank you for saying yes and
1: <laughs> I want to thank Josie for making that introduction and also supporting you my and momager you yeah I love that I love that all of my guests are just so supportive of one another and it's like yeah they've connected the dots between my guests and I and I I love that and it's like this is what AGS is about
0: exactly I love it too so cool
1: and we're going to go deep on this support that you've received from our Latina community and leaning into your industry of screenwriting. But before we go into all of that, and you know what I'm going to ask you, I've shared your wins, which are amazing. We're going to go deep into that. But behind that, who is Aiko? Like, what is the brain? Like, what goes through your mind? Like, oh my who God. are you?
0: I am a chaotic, chaotic writer. I think that that's just like the only way to describe myself in like the broadest strokes. Through astrology, though, because this is the fun part. I'm a Taurus sun and I'm a Gemini moon. So I've got a bunch of like really strange polarities. Like I'm very chill, but also very passionate. I love all things writing, books, literature, a film, TV. I'm just a consumer of stories and material and Currently I'm trying to be that Andrew Garfield audio where he like describes Emma Stone as like a shot off espresso. That's what I want to be currently. And that's kind of like what I try to embody every day. It's hard. It's (laughs) really hard, but you know, somebody has to do it. And And I'm really glad that it's me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And in this, you know, chaotic mind and
1: trying to become the espresso that Andrew Garfield is expressing because I see you on Twitter, you, you know, He is currently your number one man. Do you channel this chaotic energy, but calmness and through your scripts? Like, because for my listeners, I just want to just say the synopsis for the script where you were chosen and it's called 2052. And when I read this, it blew my mind. So five years after the artificial intelligence revolution, a young woman is finally allowed to venture out of her city on a quest to find her younger sister. But before she can do so, she runs into to another displaced child who holds the key to Earth's salvation. My mind was blown. I was like, I want to see this so bad. I'm like, this is the movie that I've wanted to see. And I was just like, I understand now, now that you've explained this chaotic energy of your mind. And it's like, oh, of course, of course, this one.
0: It makes sense, right? It makes sense. It's so weird, but it does this one is really fun because i wrote this for the women in animation mentorship uh, last year shout out to tracy shout out to emily shout out to my girlies (laughs) from that uh, mentorship circle i love them they were amazingly encouraging and helped me get this like story to where it is now part of me was very heavily inspired by this cutie behind me this soon-to-be oscar-winning cutie well Um, for our audio
1: listeners who is that so sorry
0: oh my god my cutie is the mitchell's versus the machines you can watch it now on netflix please and thank you (laughs) best animated film of 2021 i will not have anything else like i will not have no i will not even like start to fight you on it because I am right. And Kipo and The Age of Wonder Beasts, who I've had like such a cool connection to because it saved my 2020. For those who don't know, you can also watch it on Netflix. It's like a three season animated uh, show made by DreamWorks. A lot of people that I've met through Twitter worked on the show mm-hmm. and it kind of inspired me to create this show because I was like, what would happen? Like the next pandemic is supposedly by astrological like insight is supposed to happen in 2052. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what would that look like? Since this, you know, pandemic was very like virus centered. I was like, what right. if it was instead like artificial intelligence centered? Cause like, that's kind of like the new fear, right? Of like yeah. robots taking over. And so that's <laughs> it's the chaos that went into this particular pilot. And I love it so much. It's also like hella, like the Lorax, mm-hmm. which makes sense when you read it, but outright it's just kind of like crazy like how did you get there sir and I'm like well
1: you know (laughs) well how did you get there because I'm very interested I know this is going to be a two-parter question in a sense but where did that love for animation come and then obviously this inspiration for the script for 2052 and just
0: combining both I I went to film school Uh which I should preface. I went to film school. I have a degree. I I know what I'm talking about. You're an expert Um, on this. I'm an expert. Okay. It costs a lot of money. But yeah, I went to film school and we had this like animation class, like writing for animation class. And I had never thought about it as like a potential career. You know what I mean? Like I'd always thought I was going to write live action TV shows and that was going to be it. I love live action TV shows. I write a bunch of them. I'm writing one right now. But it wasn't necessarily like where my passion was. I was more into... The whimsical and the mysterious and like the fantastical and part of it all came down to and i realized that this year i want to like write for my inner child i want to write the stories that i never had growing up because mm. i am very mixed yes. like my background is very mixed so i've never seen myself represented on tv and i kind of wanted to do that for kids that were like me also heavily influenced by like my queerness and like wanting to represent every aspect of my identity and kind of help kids explore those aspects of their identity as well so that's the first part of that question and the second one was i'm really into young adult stories mm-hmm. i think that animation for like preteen and teens is not seen as often as i would like and there is like this really cool renaissance happening right now of like people or shows like Shira that are meant for like older kids. So 2052 is kind of that. It's, it's my take on like a preteen teen adventure story. Mm-hmm. And honestly, why I wanted to write it, it was just kind of like a gut thing Usually when I write, it's very dictated by how I feel about a project and how I feel about like the IP or the myth that I'm basing it on or like the whatever I kind of like pick out of thin air. And this one in particular, I wanted to talk about kind of like ironically saving the trees because like it's strange, you know, it's got a lot of like preservationalism and kind of what we should do to keep our planet alive. And what mm-hmm. happens after that stops happening. So yeah, that was kind of like my weird ass thought process behind like thematically, like why this, why now? And, you know, kids and gigantic robots and cool, you know, fight sequences. So that's going to be, you know, killer.
1: <laughs> oh, that's going to be exciting. And I love yeah. that, you know, you're, obviously your love for this is just giving the stories you had wanted to seen as a little girl to yourself, but also to little girls that look like you, children yeah. that look like you, because yeah. it's right, you know. I think for many people who are trying to blind themselves and not recognize that, Latinos come in all colors, heritage, and sizes, and it's just, we are diverse. We are so beautiful. We have so much history, and, and not shedding light on these stories for Latinos to see themselves represented is just disheartening but there is hope because yeah. you are here because other Latinas are there and writing the stories that is needed and I think that's a very important and I love that you are just passionate and so in tune with that love and dedication to your younger self and to yeah. the young this generation that is yeah. really you know watching the screens and in this animated movies and creating something so thought provoking and that's very intentional right because I feel like once we we see this movie we are going to be left with we need to do to take action like we need to protect our planet because we only have one so you said that it's more of like a thought process and I'm also very curious in going deep into support and mentorship that you've received I think in this industry oh my god it's very important and from what I know have wonderful support and you lean into that support so Tell me, how has it been specifically for writing the script, the mentorship that you received, as well as the support that you have in your day-to-day with our fellow guests like Josie Melendez.
0: Shout out to Josie.
1: Shout out to Josie. (laughs) And just putting yourself and being supported by them as well, supporting the younger people that is coming.
0: Yes. Oh my God, yes. Yes mentorship is the most important thing, period. I genuinely believe that you shouldn't gatekeep any kind of information. Like that's just stupid to me. There's space for everybody. The industry is massive. Mm -hmm. There's thousands of writer's rooms in LA. There's thousands of films being like developed, produced, written at this very moment. There's no shortage of like a need for creatives, right? Mm -hmm. And Honestly, like, I don't know where I would be right now if it wasn't for the mentorship and the guidance of other people. Like my story and my journey has been very unique because of like my non-U.S. citizen status, which is a big hurdle that I'm still trying to get over and like get past so that I can, you know, get to where I Mm -hmm. actually want to be. But from the things that I have had accessible to me like this WIA mentorship, like all of these incredible people that I've met through Twitter, like my support systems that I've built, my family, my friends from school, all of this. I think that the most important thing is kind of like acknowledging that you need people because you can't do this alone, as cliche as that may sound, because there's gonna come a point where, for example, you're going to get tired of reading your script. So you can't give yourself any more notes. You know, you have to reach out to someone to be like, Hey, can you read this? Can you tell me like, is it good? Is it not? Is it crap? I do that a lot. I have like a very specific core uh, group of people that I send first drafts to (laughs) second drafts, because let's be fucking honest. I'm not, (laughs) I'm such a perfectionist that I just cannot deal. But yeah, I, I think that embracing help is kind of Mm -hmm. one of those things that writers and like entertainment people in general have to learn. I'm still learning it. It's still hard to accept help, to be like, to reach out to someone and be like, I need help. It's terrifying. It's exhausting. It's crazy because you feel like you, you failed at something, but no, it's not. Like at the end of the day, you are the bigger person mm-hmm. when you reach out to someone and when you ask someone for help and ask for my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful friends who help me and who are just like the most incredible people ever. I love that. I love finally having this like writer family almost, because yeah. you know they're always there. I'm always there. I'm of the idea that you should always give what you want to receive. Yes, so I'm very like proactive in that sense of like helping out, checking in, whatever you need, I'm there type of person. And like, I love that. I love when other writers reach out to me, my DMS on Twitter are open on a free note. My DMS are open. If you have any kind of questions, like feel free to reach out. I do a lot of DM. If you send me a question and I have time I'll answer and we can like chat back and forth. I don't read unless you're a friend. I'm so sorry, but I do help out in terms of like advice. And on the paid, please pay me note, I do script analysis as my, currently my primary source of income. So like, that's also really fun. I work with a lot of writers. I think last year I worked with like, I think almost a hundred writers. No, maybe less, I'm crazy, but I (laughs) I have a spreadsheet that I should have checked. But yeah, I work with writers to enhance and make their stories stronger because I may not be the most skilled at what I do, but I am for sure very passionate about it. I have a very solid background on the quote unquote industry do's and don'ts. I've worked with talent agencies. I've worked with like screenwriting competition companies. And then I've been doing this for like almost a year on my own because I wanted to have that like interpersonal relationship yeah. with writers and like actually give a fuck about what I was writing and reading and like why I was doing it and why they were doing it. I genuinely believe that at the core of everything that we do, the most important thing is to know why you're doing something Yes. and how you want to touch people with it, why you need to say it, like why is now the time that you have to say it. And the more we can like tune into that, the more like our stories are going to matter and mean something and say something.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and capture the attention of the people you're asking for help and exactly you know, for mentoring. Yeah. And they'll they'll see because you're so clear on the why, that they'll be open to sharing their time with you, to mentoring yeah. you,
0: supporting you, helping. I don't know who said this to me, but or maybe I came up with it. But the more that you know yourself and the more that you know why you want to be in this industry and like what you want to accomplish in this industry, the more you can go up to like an executive or like a showrunner or another writer that probably has a lot of credit and has worked on stuff that you like, like me, like Kipo. I did that last year and it was incredible because I had a very strong sense of, I want to do this. This is my niche. I want to do this because of this. I was able to not convince, but pitch and sell myself think that the more that you know yourself and you know what you want to do and why you want to do it the easier it'll be to like pitch yourself and sell yourself to like agents managers production companies other writers you want to maybe meet or like have mentor you you know take some time sit down think about yourself think about why you're doing this think about like what your 10-year goal is where do you see yourself why Mm -hmm. do you see yourself doing this you know because screenwriting is a 10-year commitment just to like solidify your space and solidify your place in that space. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe that. Ironically, I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to like get to this by like the time I'm 25. Like I started really early, but I have friends and I have had people that I've met that were like, yeah, no, it was like a thing that we worked through very late. Like we realized that we want to do this like really late in the Mm -hmm. game. But, you know, it's like, it's a commitment that takes time, right? Cuz like you got to network and you got to yeah. make connections and prove yourself in some way, which is kind of necessary to the space.
1: Has the industry
0: told you it takes 10
1: years to just create the space for yourself then?
0: I think it's not so much creating the space other than like solidifying yeah. your part in it. My like teachers were like, "Don't expect to get a manager at least about like a year after you graduated." And so far so true, at least for myself. I have a friend that graduated with me who is signed and got signed like a year in. So, you know, everybody's journey is different. Don't compare yourself to other people. It's hard. I know that it's really fucking hard, but try not to. Try to find your uniqueness and why you are different from everybody else and just like bask in it. Because at the end of the day, like that's what's gonna make you stand out from like the crowd, right? Yes. But then going back to my other thing, don't be afraid of like other writers that are like in your same stage. Because again, there's space for everybody. Remember that. Have it in your brain like very clearly Mm -hmm. and don't get discouraged if people around you are moving up. Don't get discouraged. Just make friends and keep going, right? Keep writing.
1: Everyone's at a different pace. And you just reminded me of something that Josie said that we have
0: to network across, network
1: across. Right. And we can't be, Oh, I can
0: monologue big about that. (laughs) Dude. Networking across. I am a billion percent convinced that I am going to get my, a bunch of staffing gigs and a bunch of like opportunities because of all of my friends that are succeeding alongside me. Mm -hmm. I have so many friends that are like killing it, like getting meetings here and there. And like, I can totally see them and like, Three to five years having their own shows and looking for somebody to staff. And who are they gonna staff? Their friends. Yeah. A million percent. So, guys, girls, bays, and babes, network across, make friends. It's strange to look at it as kind of like a weird transactional thing, but it is not. It's just kind of like creating a family of people that you're like excited to talk about, excited to see succeed, excited to like champion and help them move forward. Yeah. Right. I and love they it. they
1: know that you are the perfect person for it because yeah. they've seen your work, they've seen your dedication. Yeah. So they're yeah. like, of course, we're going to hire someone like Aiko to do this. So of course, networking across in the sense, it doesn't have to be obviously transactional, but you know that mm-hmm. because you're friends, you know, each other's value in this, it's just an obvious answer that exactly. will open doors yeah. for them. Yes, yeah. I completely will open
0: doors to, for each other makes it more interesting to me because I think that opportunities that I can't get, other people will get, right? And mm-hmm. they can then later on open those doors for me, right? Like mm-hmm. they can talk to their bosses and be like, hey, do you need somebody else? I have a list of people. And that's how you get in. That's literally how you make it.
1: Yeah. And I, I want to go deep into the earlier in the conversation, you said as a non US citizen, It is hard in this industry, and I want you to share this experience because I have listeners who are obviously non-U.S. citizens, and they want to break and make their space in this industry. Can you share a little bit more about your experience and the lessons learned, the people that have helped you along the way, and what would you like to see in the future for maybe our listeners to not experience what you've experienced? Yeah.
0: I think the hardest lesson that I had to learn was that this was going to take time. Mm-hmm. I graduated film school the second that the pandemic started. So I, I, we were like two months in living in Vancouver. I was like halfway across the world alone and my plan was to stay in Vancouver, but then, like, I had to move back because of like monetary and visas. And I was very naive to think that I could just like hustle and bustle my way through the system. Like, I could cheat it in some way. I think my first thing to note is it will take time. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like this incredible Picasso esque, like, just out of this world writer and yeah. like, You're just innovating in some way that I haven't even thought of. It will take time, right? Because Mm -hmm. U.S. like visa regulations are horrifying, like terrifying. And the jobs that writers need to get, like writer's assistant or like production assistant or like script coordinator, you can't apply to them because the company won't sponsor you to go work for something that's so easily attainable to them inside the states if you have the money go get your master's or go get your bachelor's in the states highly recommend if you have the money if you don't do not go into debt like it's not worth it make sure that you are a hundred percent sure that this is what you want because then it has happened to me i had this happen october and i will tell the story in a bit where i just kind of like fell into this deep depression of like I got to rethink my entire life because this is not fucking happening for me. And I'm so annoyed and I'm so like angry about it where I was just kind of like thrown for a loop of like three months where I was like, do I really want this? Like, this is really worth it. Like, Mm -hmm. is my goal really attainable? And I had to adjust my, like what I expected to happen quite a bit, right? Because I was expecting it to come to me immediately. And I had an opportunity that I was like, I did it like this opportunity changed my life. I'm like this one thing is going to like change everything for me. It sadly didn't. It didn't work out because of that visa stuff. But managing your expectations, making sure that you know that this is what you want and talking to a really good fucking lawyer. Yes. In the sense of immigration, consult a lawyer because like. I hadn't done that and I was naive to think that I that it was just gonna be easy. No, it's not easy. There's like four different requirements, and I met like at the very least, two out of the four, and you needed three out of five or something mm-hmm. to like apply to this visa. So contact the lawyer, talk to them, make sure that they know like your particular story and your particular like background. And don't even try until you're ready you know, because it is a lot of money. It is a big commitment. It's just like, it's not worth it to waste that much money. The other thing that I was like highly encouraged to do, which I think is attainable and also is not for some people is investing in like your local film scene and making shorts and making like your own quote unquote indie stuff. I'm doing that right now. I've got a short in production and I'm developing another short. With some friends here in Colombia. So hopefully that gets made. I'm really excited about it. And then like branch out to do other things, right? Like it's stupid and thank God that my dad is not around to hear this. But have a backup plan. Have something that you can like rely and lean on for the time being. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't rush into anything. Sit with yourself and like think things through and always be prepared to hear no. It sucks. It's the worst, but familiarize yourself with the feeling. Allow yourself to feel those feelings and just react in the best, most calm way that you can, I guess. Unlike me, who has a freak out for like three months and goes to New York to see her friends just so that she can like pretend like her life is, you know, a movie and then come back home and be like, you know what, that was kind of silly of me to like have that mental breakdown, ha ha ha. And then immediately go into like seasonal depression and read a bunch of books. And now finally reconnect with her passion and like remember why she was doing what she was doing and get back into writing. (laughs) It's it's been a whirlwind. Venus retrograde and Mercury retrograde (laughs) hit me hard, like hard.
1: Well, can we go deeper in this whirlwind? Because obviously, you gave us so much great advice here and actionable things to be aware and and take and use. But you know, this whirlwind obviously was huge. And you found the, you know, the light on on the end of the tunnel. So obviously, when you know your why very clear, you have moments of oh, is this really going to happen? Is this, or am I going to make it? And make in the like your definition of making it. And, yeah. and then you said, obviously, pushing aside certain things that might not happen. So how were you able to cope, see the light and reframe your mindset and say, I have my own path and my journey is taking me to the destination.
0: Ah, oh, this is a good story. And it's gonna be hilarious to tell it now, but it was a day of like, I'm just gonna chill. I'm just gonna relax. And I watched the entirety of Dickinson in I one sitting.
1: Watch it, I
0: Watch it. have an existential crisis and then call <laughs> me after. But that's kind of what it was. There was this moment in the show where, spoilers, Emily has to kind of like define what success means to her. And I hadn't thought about it that way. Like I hadn't thought about my journey and what I was, the hustle mentality that I had at at that time, I hadn't thought about what success meant to me, right? So thinking about it kind of shifted my perspective on what I actually wanted to accomplish and why I actually wanted to accomplish it. I was killing myself like I would go weeks on end just working and then crash and burn for like a couple days and then feel awful because I was exhausted and then just like wake up the next day and keep fucking doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. I was just exhausted, drained. I had no sense of like, I would wake up, walk my dog and then work all day. That was it. That was my like routine, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of. Insane to think about it now. Like, I made it a point of, like, okay, I'm going to rest on Sundays. Sundays are my days where I just don't do anything. I just exist and I like recharge because at the end of the day, there's going to be no goal that's worth you killing yourself over for it. Mm -hmm. Right. And the more that you kind of think about how you want to frame that success and how you want to like look at it, the more that you're like, aware that you've stopped celebrating the little victories and you win something. And then you feel like shit the next day because you're like not working hard enough or you're not doing everything in your power to like do it again. You know, I had a few wins last year and it kept happening where I was like, I was, I was winning things where I was like placing in contests and I was like, Oh my God. Yay. And then a week later I was like, Did I do that really? Like, what? Like, that's all news. What are you talking about? Like, whatever. I didn't stop to like celebrate or I didn't stop to like take in, yeah, take in the fact that I'd done that, you know, feel proud. Right. Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't know if you've seen the video of like my mom and I screaming. I did. Yes. (laughs) Okay, cool. I, it's on my Twitter for those who want to see it. It's the most, I cried that day. I was sitting down, I was doing nothing. The announcement was supposed to be like the next day. So I wasn't expecting it. So I was like sitting down, I was like minding my own business when I'm like, Hmm, we screenplay attack on a tweet. What is that about? And then I opened my phone and it's the announcing the winners. And I was like, are you, I screamed. My mom was coming home from work and she heard me scream, opened the door. And I was like, you won. And I was like, I did. Ah! And it was the most like adorable, like throwing myself on the floor, laughing about it, kind of celebration. And it just, It made me feel so much more complete in that moment, you know, where I was like, I have people that are rooting for me. I have people that like are excited that I'm like succeeding. And that's kind of what I want. I just want to be able to do what I love and sustain myself in a way that doesn't like kill me every day and doesn't like it makes me happy rather than like miserable. Right. The money will come. The money will be there. I'm going to disclaimer, I'm very blessed and very lucky. I'm living with my parents. I don't have to pay rent. I don't have to pay for like food or groceries. All the money that I make, I can spend on silly little things like material things because I'm a material girl (laughs) and I don't have to worry about those big spending, you know? So I get to spend most of my time just writing my silly stories and having fun and if you're not having fun with what you're doing, then don't fucking do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your energy. Don't waste your anything doing something that doesn't serve you, doing something that's not aligned with what you want to be, who you want to be, and where you want to go.
1: I love it because you are, you hit me hard because mm-hmm. this is something I struggle with with my own business. and. Yeah. And with many guests that come here on a yes, they struggle with this, too. And I know that my listeners struggle with this. Right. And until we don't hit that wall and our health is affected, we realize we can't even do what we're passionate about because we made this. We cost this to ourselves. And I don't know when we're going to fucking learn, but like until, but it's good that every episode we are reminded of this because this is important. And you reminded me that tomorrow I will take a break and exist and not work.
0: Oh, God. Yes. Oh, my God. I baked yesterday. I saw my grandma. We just like chilled. We talked. I like read a book. It was great. I think also that we got to stay on top of ourselves in that regard because I come from a family of workaholics. Yeah, like everyone, Latinos, Latinos Latinos. are workaholics. I'm so sorry. I apologize, but we are immigrants, immigrant children, immigrant parents. Fucking hell. Like my mom works from like seven to five. That's insane, right? That's crazy. Exactly. Now she's a CEO, so she kind of like has to. But at the same time, it's like, ma'am, you're the boss. You can just like not, Not you know, do that. But she likes it. So whatever. We're working on it. I, I fixed her the other day. I <laughs> introduced her to Animal Crossing and she has now officially stolen my Switch.
1: Oh, <laughs> it's so cute.
0: Yep. She wakes up. It's the first thing she does. She goes to like bed. It's the, like it's the last thing she does. She comes oh. home for lunch and she plays Animal Crossing for an hour before going oh. back to work. So you're welcome. Giving some live, some space I for swear. her to just... Yeah. Relax. So just like unwind and yeah. like chill, like not think about anything except like her little, She gets so excited too. She's like, I go, I planted new vegetables and it's like, oh my God, that's oh. so cute. <laughs> I love it. Like I've never seen her this relaxed, you know, like I've never seen her this like taking time for herself mm-hmm. kind of thing, which I'm really happy. So be like my mom play some animal crossing. Yeah. Get drunk and play some Animal Crossing. Mm -hmm. That's that's all you gotta do. When you
1: start learning that to just relax and you help others around your family, your friends, and loved ones to do the same thing. That's also a form, obviously, of love of mentorship. And I think that's so important. And I love
0: breaking generational curses. Yes. That is what we're here to do. Yes. You're exhausted because that's what you're here to do. And like you gotta like listen. You may never get them to go to therapy with you. But you can at least change some little aspects of their routine that are gonna like help them and then in turn help you. You know? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I've tried so much. Well, Animal Crossing was the answer. (laughs) I fixed it. I'm an entrepreneur.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Girl Boss. Thank you. And, you know, changing a little bit of uh, topics, but I, I do wanna go deep on these two questions of mine. Even though we've talked about, obviously, resting and spending time for ourselves. And you're obviously doing script analysis. This is your full-time thing. Um, you're on Remescola, writing your scripts. But you're also running Film boots, which will be a future podcast. And I'm so excited to listen to because I I don't want to spoil the episodes that you are going to say or talk about, but there's a specific to kind episode. of already
0: spoiled huh? something twitter Josie um, spoiled something on twitter and i was like ma'am <laughs> excuse, <laughs> excuse me producer you're not supposed to do that <laughs> so funny
1: so i will be but i'm what's, very what's excited. your
0: favorite episode of that list spoil that one barbie universe of course so For I'm my very, girlies yeah i'm very excited
1: <laughs> And you tweeted something that uh, the barbie movies are what your friends star wars <gasps> love is and i'm like yes I, I realized it the
0: other day, cause I, I'm a whore for Star Wars. I want to preface that I love Star Wars with everything that I am. We can go into heavy detail about how much I love Star Wars, but every time we talk, he's like the Mandalorian and like the of Boba Fett are the, are just like my version of what I thought when I was little and playing with action figures, right? Like, that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. That's what those shows represent to me. And like, that's the feeling that I was, that I wanted, And I'm so happy that I got it. And then I started thinking, Hmm. Why have I always had this feeling and why have I always like felt like I am complete in that sense? And then I remembered, oh my god, the Barbie cinematic universe exists. Like I grew up with like me playing with Barbies and then Barbies like existing in this magical world of yeah. like anything is possible. I love it so much. So ready.
1: I am so ready to listen to this podcast and I want to go deep on obviously starting this chapter, because as I've mentioned before, always, I believe we need more Latinas in this space. Yes. And yes, our voices are important. So, and I'm always a fan of Latina film podcasts, (gasps) not any type of film podcast, Latina film podcast. So I'm just excited that you're going to start your podcast and tell me, the reason behind it of why oh. you wanted to enter the space Ooh. of, you know, sharing your perspective. And obviously I think it's amazing because you are in this industry. So you're going to give us your insight, your love, and just, it's a fun time. I, I, it's just, no, I'm going to have a fun time listening to this show.
0: This podcast came to be mostly because I want to dethrone the film posers. I'm coming <gasps> for them. I'm literally starting to poach. I'm kidding. No. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm poaching all of them. No, I'm kidding. First and foremost, I admire like so much uh, Josie, Gabriela, Ana, Sofia, and Juan's drive. Like they're so cool. I love them. Shout out if you don't follow the Film Posers on Twitter and on anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, what the hell is wrong with you? But I kind of wanted to start this because I have a lot of hot takes that I do not post on my main. I have a private account where I say most of my controversial things. Because, firstly, because I just, you know, my main account is very, like, even though I do post some <laughs>
1: crazy <laughs> things, it's very, like, professional on
0: brand, yeah. you know, it's like the professional, whatever. Yeah. And then there's the other side of me, which is, like, I don't get to say a lot of things that I want to say on my Remescla articles because, shout out Lyra, she keeps me PG and she keeps me very, like, on brand, which is annoying to me because I have a lot of opinions, right? So many opinions. So I think the pod is going to be that. It's going to be me chaotically talking shit about film, TV, and pop culture at some point, I guess. It's going to run like Barbie has transcended everything. Barbie is just like pop culture at this point. So I'm so excited and so happy to start doing that. We're filming tomorrow. We're filming the first episode tomorrow, which is just basically going to be a 20 minute this is who I am, deal with it, breakdown of what the podcast is going to be like, when it's going to be, how it's going to be, and why. Why it deserves to like exist, mm-hmm. right? And I'm so excited. I can't wait. It's oh. going to be, oh, it's going to be a lot.
1: <laughs> well, I'm excited. Please let me know once it's out because I want to listen of to course. it and support it and yeah. share it here on AYAS. I'm always a big lover of film podcasts and especially from Latinas. So I'm even without listening, but you sharing the list of the episodes that are going to be out. I'm just like, <laughs> fan.
0: I had a vision, you know, like I just had a vision. I was just talking very chaotically there and I was like, I just, hmm, I want to do something strange and I want to do something that's like out of the box. I feel like video content is just like so all consuming and not to say that podcasting isn't because it is, it's just like a whole production. It takes so much time. You are incredible, by the way, you are like insanely cool. And Thank like you. capable and like strong and like intelligent and amazing. And my take on podcasts which is just gonna be me just talking shit into a microphone and then occasionally having guests. Like, I think <laughs> all of my episodes of guests, I've just like a list of people that are like, I wanna do this with you. That sounds like fun. Or, like, we're just gonna talk about shit and film as a, like between friends. And that's like the best thing that I can do creatively at this point, at least, because mm-hmm. I don't have the budget or like the, Extravagances to like fulfill all of my dream, but soon, maybe soon I'll have a studio. Who knows? Yeah. I, Sponsor I, me, I, whoever's yeah. listening, give me I, money. <laughs>
1: and I can see it. And I can see it. You getting that sponsorship, the audio. And because just yes, the dedication and everything that you put in, you can see it, it's clear. So I feel like listeners will eat the list, the episodes. I'm the type of listener that 20 minutes, 40 minutes, two hours, I will listen to that podcast and obsessed. listen to multiple episodes and I will be obsessed. So from here, you're guaranteed a dedicated listener. And thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Sponsored <laughs> by Edges. <AJS. laughs>
1: Sponsored by AS Media. And and then going into a topic that I really want to go deep into, and I think it's very important. You obviously run the Pride Screenwriter Collective, and I want to learn more about how it started.
0: How Shout is- out Layla. I love yes. you Layla. She was the one that just orchestrated the entire thing. I just kind of like hopped on board mm-hmm. after the whole thing got started. I, I think I slid into her DMs and I was like, hey, are you running this? Like, can I help? And it sort of escalated into what it is today. Mm-hmm. We wanted to create a safe space for queer screenwriters to come and just exist. Mm-hmm. right it's kind of taken a little a little dip over the holidays because it's been like really hard for both of us but we have a slack channel where you can just like come on and, and talk and ask and like I think there's we're still doing this at least my group but we did this like a writer's group initiative where we like a bunch of people got together in like their own individual groups and we're meeting my group is meeting like twice a month or something to just like chat read scripts, give notes, exist. We actually like met before this recording. it um, was we just like talking about life, catching up, because like a lot of my friends are doing incredible things. And ironically, that's how I met Lyra. Shout out Lyra again, Remezcla, my Remezcla editor. And it's just this fun, funky like space where you can just exist, talk about your scripts, talk about your accomplishments like a lot of us are like placing in contests and winning things and that's mm. so so lovely to see every time. If you want to join, you can follow us on Twitter. I think it's still like Pride Screenwriting.
1: I believe so. if I'm not mistaken. And if anything, yeah. I will be uh, as you all know, all the links will be in the episode description and show notes, so no Yay. worries. Obsessed. And I love that everything goes back to what we were starting to talk about, you know, mentorship support and yes Not gatekeeping knowledge, not gatekeeping that support because it's so necessary, especially in this industry, right? Where you can, it can be, it feels so lonely and I'm not feeling that you are making strides. And even those wins, you need people to remind you of those wins and celebrating those wins. And I just love this conversation, Aiko. And before I close with my last question, I want to ask you was there something that I didn't ask you? And if so, forgive me, but I want to know, like, is there anything that you want to share to Elias, to myself?
0: Circling back to that, to the mentorship aspect, I'm getting more into that. I did some like Zoom calls last year of like, if you slide into my DMs and if you're not a creep or not a weird about it, I will like hop on a call with you. Like I'm, I'm very into the idea of like helping you find your way mm-hmm. through this like crazy whirlwind of like existing because it is like it does feel like you're going up against this like conglomerate gigantic like close off and like secretive kind of industry right yeah so if like if you want to chat or anything like i'm always open to it i'm like very down
1: and to close this wonderful conversation i want to ask you if you had the opportunity to travel back in time and see oh, little fuck. Aiko. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're like, you're I'm not emotionally the- prepared for this. <laughs> you're, you're like, but if you had the opportunity to travel back in time, little Aiko who wanted to see these stories reflected and is now seeing her older self creating these stories, what would you tell her? Shut up. First of all, how <laughs> dare you?
0: I'm not in therapy right now. I don't have the money for it. How dare you do this to me? I feel like I'm in RuPaul's Drag Race and I'm like one of the four finalists and they're like showing me my little picture. If you pop up a picture of me as a child, I will murder. I will (laughs) like myself (laughs) of a building. No, I like to think that like my teen self is really proud of me because I'm doing the things that she wanted to do. Like I'm I'm talking shit about films. I'm like getting paid for it. I had this full circle moment where I got to review both Shang-Chi and Eternals for Mm Rameskla. And it was kind of like this full circle. I did that kind of moment where I thought back to like my old Stan Twitter account that sadly got taken from me, RIP, where I was just like talking about the things that I loved and talking about the people that I like admired. And now I get to do that still on this like bigger platform that I could have imagined. And some of the people that I admire and love follow me and like we're friends and we've dogged and I'm like, wait, that's crazy. Perfect time to plug that Papi, hermoso, divino, precioso, Pedro Pascal, follows oh. me on Twitter. <gasps> I That what? happened. Yeah, uh, you know that story? No. Okay. That's the thing that you forgot to ask. Oh, my gosh. Yes, God. that okay. is... A, okay.
1: <laughs> excuse, excuse me. Please share the tea. And uh, please invite me to your wedding.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you are obviously invited. I love him. I love him so much. It's really funny for me because I... <laughs> It was last year. It was around this time last year, Uh like mid March or February. I don't remember. And like, yesterday had come out. And I was like, Edgar Ramirez, I love you. You're amazing. And I was just very jokingly, I was like, let's tweet this out. And I was like, I pitched an idea of like a feuding neighbor story starring Oscar Isaac and like Pedro Pascal as like dads that hate each other and that like fall in love (laughs) throughout the film. And I went to sleep. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, whatever. I took a nap. A very good nap, might I add. And then I woke up and I was like, my phone was just like blowing off. And I was like, it's fine. It was another thing that I like tweeted. I thought that was really funny. You know, whatever. I was wrong. (laughs) It was very fucking wrong. Papi Pedro Pedro had co-tweeted my tweet and he was like, I'm in. What about you? and like tagged Edgar. And I was like, fuck you, motherfucker. That was my first freak out. I fell down the stairs, the whole thing. I was like, <laughs> and then I was reading comments and I don't know how I saw that he started following me. And I, that was my second freak out. That was like my, I am dead. I'm currently a thousand percent convinced that he has me muted which respect to you sir i apologize <laughs> all of the very inappropriate tweets that i have tweeted at you to you and about you <laughs> i will not stop i just need you to know that at all like i will never stop we will get married even if it's just in my head i just i feel <laughs> it in my bones yes he's an aries i can deal with that i can do it <laughs> we have the same venus sign so at the very least i'll understand that sir No, but yeah, he he follows me on Twitter and that's just kind of like one of the many weird ass things that I've had to like, or not had to, but like have had the opportunity Mm -hmm. of like doing. I still have not written that film.
1: I mean, we need to see this movie.
0: I need it too. I just, I have not had the time and Netflix has not like slipped a check. So (sighs) Netflix, give me money. Give me like a million dollars and I'll write it. It's fine. You know, I already have both actors attached. Like verbal yes. contracts. Twitter contracts are a thing, right? Like yes. they said, they both said yes. So like, duh, we'll do it. I also have Rachel Zegler attached to play one of the daughters. So like, hello. Okay. The casting is. Unmarked. Exactly. I know uh-huh. that Diego Luna is going to be there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. All of the Oscar Isaac too. Like, I think Oscar was going to play like a, like an ex boyfriend or something like that. I don't Love know, it. but it was going to be like so messy. <laughs> so ready for it.
1: I need this movie now. Yeah. Well, Netflix, please, if you're listening, send the check to Aiko, please. Yeah. We want to see this movie.
0: You know me. I know that you know me, Netflix. I know that you do. Okay. But going back to um, (laughs) my inner child, see how I deflected that really nicely of comedy? (laughs) Great segue. I think you should be proud. I think that it's going to come down to the first time that I see my work produced and made on screen like that's gonna be the moment where I go oh shit like all my wounds have like magically healed Mm -hmm. (laughs) just magical you know that's how therapy works I'm happy in the sense that I know that she will and is proud of me and I'm also like very excited to see like when it all kind of like happens you know Mm -hmm. because I I'm a visual person. I want to see the thing and I want to see what I made and who I made like myself out to be on screen and like I I just I want that feeling of like oh this is it. Like this is the cool I succeeded kind of moment of like holy cow, you know? Yeah. I like I will cry for sure when it happens and it's going to be one of those like full body healing cry that I just I'm going to let out and it's going to take me a couple days to recover. I'm excited for it. I can't wait for it. I just want those opportunities to come. And I know that they're going to come. I know that the universe is going to bring them to me. So as of right now, I think that we're just proud and excited. Yeah.
1: And resting. And resting, please. And resting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just allow. The other thing that I really, just to quickly finish all of this, I felt like I started doing things that I was doing when I was like 15 or 16. I reconnected with my love for reading for the listeners i pointed to like a stack of books that i just bought myself because i won a contest and i like gave myself spending money i i think it's just about like reconnecting with the joys of life outside of work Mm -hmm.
1: yes and that's important and at the end of the day that's going to give you inspiration to come in and write oh
0: yeah the more that you like reconnect with yourself the more you're going to be like oh this is what i want to see this is what i want to do and this is why i want to do it right like yes i am planning a book that's going to be the most self-indulgent love story ever like stupidly so i'll tell you about it after we wrap because holy fuck. and literally i have gone through this a million times but i will only currently write stories that I want to watch and that I want to see and that I want to like, that I would feel happy and excited to like watch and like see exist. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if you're not connecting with your material in a way that makes you feel excited about it, why the fuck are you doing it? Right. Like, why are you, why are you doing it? You know?
1: (laughs) Yes. And I'm excited because I want to part two, Aiko, please. After this book is published, after your film is produced, And filmed we have to come back and do this hopefully in person maybe
0: in new york
1: or i don't know (gasps) in la oh my god oh my god we're just speaking into existence
0: my corner netflix office (laughs) with a nice la view and like central ac thank you very much Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) that sounds so like you know the things that i aspire to (laughs) to have and to be it's so funny
1: But please, I guess I want you back here on A Yes. And for our listeners who want to be part of your journey, support you, ask for mentorship, anything, where can they follow? Where can they support?
0: You can find me anywhere as Aiko H writes. That's A-I-K-O-H-W-R-I-T-E-S. You can follow Film Babes as Film Babes on Twitter and Film babes with a one instead of an I on Instagram, and you can follow the Pride Screenwriting Collective at Pride Writers on both, I think, Twitter and Instagram. But if I am mistaken, I apologize because I know that there's one weird one that has an underscore. I can't remember exactly which one it is.
1: But yeah, correct one will be here in the description. No worries.
0: Perfect, amazing. See the in word versus my speaking whatever.
1: And thank you for listening to another inspiring conversation here on Yes. You can continue the conversation by following us on Instagram at Ellas, Media double underscore or following me at Brent underscore JAI on Instagram or on Twitter. And visit our website at Ellas-Media.com. And I'll be seeing you in two weeks with another inspiring conversation with another empowering Latina who is opening doors and paving the way for the next, uh, to next generation. Adios. Bye, everybody. If you are ready to amplify your empowering voice to your comunidad, sign up for a podcast launch checklist—the free blueprint with everything you need to do to launch your podcast. Download or print your free copy by heading over to as-media.com/amplify. That's as-media.com/amplify to start and launch your podcast. Ellas is an Ellas Media production Created, hosted, and executive Produced by me, Brenda Hernandez-Caimes Our logo and podcast cover art Was designed by Jennifer Cepeda And thank you to Shiro Who created the podcast theme song, Sunken Streets You can download this track on freemusicarchive.org Or listen to him on Spotify, YouTube Or follow him on Instagram This is Ellas Media